0: person next to you and say, I am so glad you're here. Go ahead and tell them that right now. Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. Now, we're going to be talking about stewardship for the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about being generous and about giving, and what does God say about that? That's Christian education. That's information from the Bible, and so we're going to learn about that. Now, let me ask you this. Most Americans don't feel rich, but we are. Did you know that? Look at the person next to you and say, do you feel rich? Feel them and see if they feel rich. Most Americans don't feel rich, but they are. Most Americans think they are generous, but they aren't. Look at the person next to you and say, are you generous? Go ahead and ask them that right now. Well, why is it that we don't feel rich? Have you ever thought about that? Why don't you feel rich? Well, it's because there's always somebody who has more than you do. A friend of mine who's a minister uh, and was invited to officiate at a wedding from a church he served forever and ever, and it was in Washington, D.C. The bride lived in Washington, D.C., and they got married there, and they spent some money. He sent me a picture uh, with Ben Carson. He was having his picture made with Ben Carson and their wives, and he told me how much they spent. He showed me some pictures of the wedding, how much do you think they spent? Think, think really extravagant. How much? What would you say? 80, somebody said 80000 Do I hear ninety? They spent, are you ready for this? You better sit down. They spent a quarter of a million dollars on a wedding. A quarter of a million dollars. Some people have more money than they do since. I don't know. They spent a quarter of a million dollars. So, you know, if you didn't spend that on your kid's wedding, there's somebody who's got more than you, okay? Yeah. Well, they don't have it anymore because they spend it on the wedding, right? Now, when we compare ourselves to somebody who has more, we don't feel like we're wealthy. But if we compare ourselves to most people in the world, we are very, very extraordinarily blessed. In fact, how many of you drove a car today to come to church? Anybody, drive? Anybody ride in a car today? How many of you walked? Anybody walked to church today? Okay. You walked to church? You did? I'm so impressed. It was cold out there, wasn't it? That's why you got that toboggan on, isn't it? I don't blame you. I'd be wearing one too. Well, if you, if you drove a car to church today, you're in the top 6 to 9% of wealthiest people in the world. Did you know you're in the top 10? Look at the person next to you and say, we're in the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. Tell them that. Wow! Well, that was worth coming to church for just to find out how rich you were there, wasn't it? Now, think about what we take for granted. What happened this week? You, you went out, and you passed several restaurants to go to your favorite restaurant. And you sat down, and you ordered the food. And somebody brought it to you, and you ate it. And then they came and took the dishes away, and you thanked them, and you got in your car, and you drove to your house, right? And then you pushed a button and pulled into your garage. And then you walked into your house, and it was climate controlled. And then you went and got into your comfortable bed, and you went to sleep. And the next morning, what did you do? You walked into your closet that has clothes from here to here, okay? There's no way to get any more clothes in there. And you looked at your clothes, and what did you say? I don't have anything to wear. That's what you (laughs) said. We are fortunate. We are blessed people, but we don't realize it. The problem is that the average American thinks they're generous, but they're really not. I want to show you some statistics to back that up. Are you ready? How much do you think, what percentage do you think the average American gives away financially every year? The average American gives away 2.8% to other people. And if you make over $100,000 a year, the percentage goes down. You give 2.6% away. And that's not God-honoring, and it's not generous. As a Jesus follower, he expects us to lead the way in a rational generosity because we truly believe it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's why it's in the Bible. The reason people don't give more is because they don't feel like they can. Look at the person next to you and just say this one word. It's four letters. Fear. 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 People are afraid. They're afraid. It's a scarcity mindset. A scarcity mindset says there's not enough. I wish I could give more, but I can't afford it. We'll never get ahead. We're always behind. There's always more month left at the end of our money, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to show you the scarcity cycle. Here's what happens. God supplies us with what we need, and we end up consuming it. And because we have it, we think it all belongs to us. And so what do we do? We use whatever we get, and we consume it. At the end of the month, there's not anything left. Whenever we consume and don't have enough, we fear. So what do we do? This is crazy. Because we fear, we decide to go consume more. (laughs) And that's how the majority of this country lives. It's called paycheck to paycheck and oftentimes we spend more than we have. We lack, we fear, we consume and you can hear it in our language, I wish we could do more but I can't. We never seem to get ahead no matter what we do. There's never enough and it's a cycle of scarcity. If you found yourself tensing up when I mentioned generosity today, why is that? It's because you may have a scarcity mindset. It's making you nervous. We're thinking, oh, I don't want to do that. Uh, Oh, the church just wants my money. I can't afford to do that. And that's a scarcity mindset. But because we are Jesus followers, what did Jesus call us to do? We're to have a totally different mindset. Because of what God does, then we have a response to what he does. God does something. It creates a whole different cycle, a cycle of supply. God provides. We make a difference when we give generously. We make a difference when we give generously. And that's what Jesus' followers are to do, to give generously. In fact, Paul talked about this to the Corinthian church, and he said this in 2 Corinthians 9 through 9. And he said, Paul said, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Look at the person next to you and say, I feel better already. Go ahead and tell them that. Yeah. Don't do it for me. Do it because you chose to do it. You talk to God about it. Ask him what he wants you to do, and you decide in your heart. That's what you do. You give generously. Amen. I heard that. I heard that amen right there. And he says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Yeah, that's in the Bible. In other words, if you feel manipulated, if you feel pressured, don't give. It's in God's word. Don't do it. If you feel that way, don't do it. Why? Because God loves a person who gives reluctantly. Is that what it says? Cheerfully. Oh, cheerfully. That's what it is. Hmm. Did you know how that word translates from the original? It's hilariously. I, I'm just so joy-filled. I, I'm cheerful. I am joyful. I want to give. I just, it just makes me feel good. I just celebrate it. I'm so happy. We really believe it's a blessing to be generous to others, and God will generously provide all you want. Is that what He says? What does He say? All you, all you, oh, all you need. Now notice this isn't lack and scarcity. This is God provides, and then it says, "Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others," as the scriptures say. They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. When God blesses us, we give, and then God is generous to us and everything we need. We thank him for it. God loves it when we're generous. Don't you love it when your children are generous? Huh? Did, did you, any of you uh, get candy the other night? We had some folks in the church who just showed up at our house the other night expecting us to give them candy. They even brought a small child with them so they could get it out of us there. And, boy, we just, we rang, wrung we rang, our hands over it. We didn't want to give that candy away. We were just holding on to our candy, saying, don't come to our house. Leave us alone. We're eating all of our candy, right? Listen, I moved, I told you, we moved from Bay Point to Breakfast Point, and the word got out. And there's a blue million kids over there in Breakfast Point, I'm here to tell you. And they all came to our house. I mean, I was checking my wife. Have we got more? Yeah, we got more, she said. She brought out a whole other deal, and we were in great shape. But, you know, didn't you enjoy that? Didn't you enjoy giving that away? Huh? And, and if, your, if your child was at home, if they went out earlier and they came back, and then they got to man the door, they were so excited. To help, you know, if somebody came to the house, and what did they do? They said, I've got some candy for you. I'm going to give you some candy. Isn't that great? Well, when we give generously, God multiplies it abundantly. He multiplies it. It says in verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. God gives us a seed to sow, and something is planted, and resources are given, and we get bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. Now, that's not scarcity. That's abundance. That's blessing, isn't it? And then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Now see, here's the deal. God says, everything that I, you have, I gave you, and everything you have, I gave it to you, not just so you'll have it, but so you will share it with those in need. That's why he wants us to have enough to share with those in need, and that's diametrically opposed to the common mindset, which is the cycle of scarcity. This is about God supplying. In fact, let me show you a different way of looking at it. The first one's this. The scarcity mindset. We, we consume, we lack, we fear. I wish we could do more, but we can't. Instead, whenever God supplies, what's the first thing we're supposed to do? We're supposed to give first. That's right. We're supposed to give. As Jesus followers, that's our response to give the first 10% back to God as a tithe. Why? Well, it's an act of worship, giving back to him. We give to God first because God gave to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his firstborn son, Jesus, to us. So when we give, what does God do? He multiplies it. What happens? Our faith grows, and we give more, and God multiplies that. Our faith grows, and we harvest out of generosity. Instead of living in fear, we worship God with a tithe. And what does God do? Now, here's the deal. Tithing breaks the cycle of scarcity and creates a new cycle of supply. I promise you if you talk to anybody in here who tithes, they're not afraid. They don't do that because they're scared. They've already worked out their budget, they've made that a priority, it's the first thing. They don't even think about it, it's just something that they do because they were taught to do it, they know it's biblical. And so they do, and and you don't live in fear when you do that, you just do it, you're thankful for it. Now the word tithe comes from the Hebrew word maser, M-A-A-S-E-R which means one-tenth. One-tenth of everything that comes to us, we give back to God as an act of worship. You say, well, does that even matter now? Well, here's the deal. Go all the way back before the law even existed. Abraham returned the first-tenth of his increase back to God. In the New Testament, Jesus recorded two times. He said, you should tithe. And he said, just don't neglect the other more important things as well. In other words, tithing is just an expected tithing is just a given. You, you, Everybody's going to do that. And then he said, also consider love and mercy and sacrifice as well. And when God blesses us, we worship him in honor, and we return 10% back to him, and then God multiplies it, and he builds our faith. And so we give more, and suddenly the cycle of scarcity and lack goes away, and we live in a cycle of abundance. Now, there are three thoughts about the power of the tithe. Okay, first, The tithe teaches us to put God first. That's why he wants us to do it. He wants us to learn to trust him in this area of our lives. In today's Living Bible, in Deuteronomy, it says this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. God put it in his word so we would understand it. That's why he wants us to trust him, because it makes our faith grow when we do that. And so it teaches us always to put God first. Now, I know what you're thinking. Here's what some of you are thinking today. I know. I shouldn't have come to church today. (laughs) Not this week. This is scary. I mean, things at our house are tight. I don't want to do this. For me to tithe, it would take rearranging my whole life around God. Are you asking me to do that? Yes. Yes, I am. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm asking you to do. I mean, you don't understand. I would have to make huge changes at home. Yes, that's what I'm asking you to do. Absolutely. To do that, it would take crazy faith. That's what I want you to have. Turn to the person next to you and say, crazy faith. Okay, tell them that. Crazy faith. I want you to have crazy faith, yeah, where you'd be willing to do something. Why? Because it takes faith to give to God first. It doesn't take faith to give to God last. Every time I receive an increase from God, it reminds me in a very tangible way, God, because of what you did for me, I'm going to give back to you generously. Now, I've rearranged, prioritized my life around you as Lord of all, and now I put you first, and tithing teach you to put God First, that's right. Second, the tithe builds our faith. We see this in the faithfulness of God in Malachi. In Malachi 3:10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Yeah, and it says this is the only place where any place in Scripture where you're invited to test God. And he goes on and says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Amen. That's what I say. Who said that? Who said said that scripture? Who is that? The word according to Joe. Is that what it said? Jehovah. It's God said that. Does God tell you something that will be bad for you? Does God lie to you? Can you trust God? That's what he said. Test him in that and see. The world says consume, lack, fear. But God says you give and I will multiply it and bless you. In other words, God is saying give me your first and your best and I will bless the rest. Now listen, 90% without God's blessing goes further than 100 90% with God's blessing goes further than 100%. Without God's blessing. You believe that? When our kids were little, we would teach them about tithing, Elizabeth and Catherine, and we would give them 10 dimes, you know, and we would say, now this first one goes to Jesus, and we had a little place to put it, and it was a little jar. And then we said, now if you want to, we'll take one more and we'll put it over here in the jar for college, and then the rest of it you can put in your jar with your name on it. And one day, Elizabeth was about three or four years old. She was little. And she was at the, at the table, she was in a high chair, and she was looking up at the jars on the wall, and she was studying that. And she said, well, how come Jesus and college have little and I have much? I said, Elizabeth, I, I think you can preach this Sunday. I believe we can work <laughs> you in. That's a better sermon than I've got. Let's hear it. Just bring her in and let her tell you know, children are generous, aren't they? What, are the, what do children do when you take up the offering in church? Don't put mine in. You give me some money. and Let me put it in the plate. I want to give, right? My dad, who died recently, and thank you for your condolences, when he was a little boy, he would ask his dad for a nickel, and his father would pull out all the change he had, and he would hold it out there. <clears throat> and my dad said, I always just took the nickel because I knew there was more where that came from. Well, that's God. God's got an endless supply. We can trust him. He can meet our needs, and so we just trust him to do that. Also, when our kids were little, we would say, okay, this dime goes to Jesus, right, and then the college, and then you can keep the rest. And one time Elizabeth said, okay, this one goes to Jesus and college, and now this one I want to give to Jesus. And I said, well, you already gave him his. And she said, no, that was his already. Now I want to give him one of mine. Elizabeth, you want to do a series at church? (laughs) You you got this down. You, You know, she's three years old. She's figured it out. We spend our lives trying to figure this out. She's got it. She understands it. And suddenly, you continue to give more and more. You rearrange your life. You recognize it's not all for you, and you want to share, and you've been blessed. The cycle of abundance happens, and you're transformed, and it's freeing. Now, when I was 21 years old, which was a few years ago, I moved from Tennessee to Niceville, Florida, and I went to work there as a youth minister at the Methodist Church, and there was a preacher there and a layman there who taught me to tithe. I think they taught me this because I ate at one of their houses every night. One of them was going to feed me, okay? So they said, we might as well teach this boy to tithe because he's eating all our food. So they did. They taught me, and I made, listen, are you sitting down? I made a whopping $700 a month. I know, it's impressive. Girls, I'm sorry, I'm already married. I mean, hey, they just call me money bags, right? And then they taught me how to move that decimal point over and give 70 back to Jesus every month. I learned, Now, why? Because they wanted to help my faith grow. They wanted to help me. That's why, that's why I'm talking to you about it. I want to help you. I promise you. You talk to anybody who ties, they'll say, I don't know why I didn't do this a long time ago. I don't know why I didn't trust God in this area. And you may say, well, I'd like to, but how do I start? Well, you just start where you are. Just start where you are. Give whatever percentage you can, and then just start increasing. You do it. Don't do it because I said so. You do it because God convicted you. The Holy Spirit spoke to you. He taught you God's Word, and, and you decided to try. Because he said, it's the only place where you can test me in this. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to I believe that. We recently, we gave uh, a member of the church who needed it for the hurricane repair, we gave her a check, and it was a substantial check. And when she came in to get it, because her house is a wreck, when she came in to get it, she just broke down and cried in tears. I mean, that's all she could do. We thought we were helping her. She helped us. It was a blessing. It's a blessing to give stuff to people in need. It's a blessing to watch them receive it. Now, third, the tithe provides for the work of God's church. Why do we return 10% to God's church? Because a lot gets done in the world. Malachi, we read just a minute ago, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, the place where we worship, that there may be food in my house. How many of you would say that your life is blessed because you're a part of the church? Yeah, the church has been a blessing to me, that's for sure. And because of God's work in this church, I want to be a part of that. What happens? Well, spiritual food makes a difference in our lives, and then the work of God goes forth out into the world. The cycle of scarcity is where people live today. They consume, they lack, and they fear. They're afraid. But the cycle of abundance never makes sense on paper. We give. God multiplies. Our faith grows. And so what do we do? We give some more. When we give back to God, there's a harvest of generosity, and that's how we make a difference. We're generous. Why? Because God is generous, and he wants us to be like him. We make a difference, and God is glorified when we give, and we're able to meet needs all over the world. Let's pray together. Father, we're just so thankful for what you teach us in your word. and We pray that we would take it to heart and that we would practice it, that we would do it, and we thank you for that privilege, I pray in your son's name. Amen.